So yesterday, Wilson comes over and he's giving me the alert. So he's in detection mode, right? So something landed and, and we don't know really what's going on. So I go out the backyard and we're looking around and all that. And I didn't notice, but then like kind of tucked in the corner under our apple tree, this little tiny apple tree back there is a hawk falcon. I didn't see which one it was. I think it's a hawk. Uh, grabbed one of the doves in the yard. So we feed a lot of the birds in the yard. So um, the hawks will come in and the falcons will come in. We'll get kestrels. Everything will come in and hunt, especially the doves. We get the ringneck, the Eurasians. We got all kinds of doves in the yard. And so, um, yeah, he's he's doing well on his landing in the yard. So he's got stuff when it comes down and land to let me know. Excuse me, to let me know. And, um, man, we had the worst breakfast. I don't know what the heck. So we went to this Tennyson Street over here, local trendy little section. And, man, it was like... It was the joyous breakfast ever, man. Joyless, I guess. Yeah, it was terrible, terrible breakfast. So I posted some videos and stuff on Sniper Side. Everybody's getting ready for NRA. A lot of stuff's dropping. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, I got a press releases and I can't release them till tomorrow. I almost want to do this podcast tomorrow, but I got class for Mile High starting tomorrow. And a lot of the releases are going on for tomorrow. So you'll hear this this afternoon. And then understand with NRA coming, if you listen to us in real time, what's happening. So the first thing released and everybody's talking about huge is the Hornaday A-tip, right? The aluminum-tipped bullets that Hornaday's doing, ramping up the BC, kind of, you know, solid replacement. And all of them across the board are about 70 cents per. So everybody's freaking out because the six millimeters are 70 cents. If you look at the, like, the 230s and 250-something, 53 maybe I went out I don't have it in front of me um you know they're in line with pretty much everything else but once you start getting into these six millimeters and stuff the price goes from like 20 to 40 cents you know versus the 70 so everybody's in like total freak out mode you know that it's not good for PRS it's like who cares man you guys can get away with so much shit all you got to do is have a hand load down to hardly anything and, and, you know, the not good for PRS is fine for PRS. I mean, if you if you can't take a, any normal bullet out there that's halfway decent and load it to a sub-10 SD and then go to town with a PRS, you're in the wrong game. And that that's part of the thing is everybody's chasing this micro minutia on situations that really can absorb it. Although people are right, though. There's, there's a lot of discussion that, Points wise, guys are saying they'll drop like on a stage, they'll drop one point, but they'll move back three sections, you know, or three uh, um, placings. So if you're in second place and you drop a point in a stage, you're now in fifth place, that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it does matter and, and does get a lot of, um, you know, a lot of attention that y your hand loads have to be good. It, I don't see it as being that big a deal with the bullet. Now, the Hornaday stuff, from everything, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a giant Hornaday fan. I think you're, we're going to be super happy. Watch Hornaday this weekend. Trust me when I say watch Hornaday. But anyway, I really like the Hornaday bullets. I just, with the video, I just put another video up on um, Sniper's Hide on the YouTube channel. I was out and filmed um, the 300-yard drop for ballistics like we did at Gunsight. So uh, to kind of go over that, and this all plays into this, you know. So I got the brand new Lothar Walther barrel, 6.5 Creedmoor. I put it on my um, AI, AX. 
and they have the OEMs there. You can go to Lothar Walther. You can order a barrel ready for an AI. It's ready to go, um, you know, and, and just slap it right on. And that's what I did. I put an Insight uh, new Heathen, the multi-caliber Heathen brake on it. And I mounted it up and put it on. And then I went and uh, had the new Mil-C scope uh, attacker and all this stuff. So I mounted an attacker. So I basically redid my AI to where I want it to be like for the season right now. And I'm shooting the 147 Hornadays with Prime and everything going on with Prime. I have some kind of sitting on it a little bit and hoarding it. So I have this uh, Hornaday match. And I'm a huge Hornaday fan for factory ammo. So, you know, I have a great relationship. I, I like what, everything they're doing. So easy, no drama. There you go. So anyway, um, I'm shooting 147s. I, I zero at 100 yards, and I'm going to do the gun sight 300-yard drop, which is for guys who don't have access to longer ranges. This is really a good way of getting your ballistic computer set up. You don't have much of anything. You really don't know. And even if you don't have a chronograph, okay? So let's kind of play this through even without a chronograph. So I zero the rifle at 100 yards. I'm all good. Make sure my zero's good, everything. Look up Hornaday's true range zero. We've talked about this several times. It's worth your while, okay? Especially if you don't have access to confirm at long ranges. This will be one layer to help you when you're at a shorter range that 100 and in so your true range zero is one way you could do it so you go in there you put all that well then what you'll do is don't change the scope don't do anything just have an aiming point at 300 and shoot a group let it drop now mine dropped about nine point it's funny i did it once and the audio kind of messed up and it dropped about 10 four inches okay well, then I shot some more, did a little bit more, cleaned the gun up a little bit, and now it shot like 9, 8, right at 10 inches. So it, it went a little flatter and in, in all that. So like I had said, and I'm going to do an article on this, and I had mentioned, give it a little bit of time, get some rounds through it, like between that 100 and 200 rounds, because things will change. And just in a you know, overnight cleaning and going and through and letting it cool and redo, it's tightening up. It's changing the barrels coming into its own. I shot like a one-inch group at 300 yards, which is beautiful. You know, everything was good. And factory Hornaday, factory ammo, you know, the OEM rifle barrel, nothing, nothing, you know, nothing crazy. So then you're measuring that group. So I got a 10-inch drop, and it came up to like 25 centimeters, give or take a millimeter or two. And you go then to your software and you say, okay, what is my ballistic? So I'm putting, like, you just, you can even take the number for muzzle velocity off the box. You know what I mean? You don't know what it is. I have no idea what the number is. So I'm just going to say I'm shooting a 140. You know, I had a number. I, I shot it. I shot it over a chronograph, so I had it. But let's just guess. All right, 2650. I'm going to put in the ballistic computer. So then I go into the range card. And it doesn't matter what computer you use. You can go on JBM and do it for free. Pull the Hornaday out of the library. Put in a muzzle velocity number between 2650 and 2700. Then, you know, put in your environmentals and all your conditions. Shoot a group and then look at it. Okay, well, it said like 10.8 in the software. Okay, for 300 yards. Look at the inches of drop. Okay, we're looking at the inches because we just measured it. I shot, measure, 
10 inches. I go in, the range card says 10.8. Go in the muzzle velocity and I bump it up to 27.50. Now it's like 10.2, 10.1. It's right there in line. Okay, golden. That's the number I'm going to go. Now I went and confirmed it at 800 and it's right there. That's your down and dirty to get drop. And this is like I said, the gun sight thing. They do this. And it's really simple. All you're doing is you're shooting a group at 300 with a with a you know a defined point of aim. Let it drop down and measure from your point of aim to your point of impact, and then line your computer up. All done. So Hornaday, you know, with their Doppler, and I've been out there and I've shot on their Doppler. These guys are really crunching numbers, really looking at this. And I've always said. You know, people will bitch about barrel technology. Those, oh, left-hand gain twist and all this stuff. Why aren't we doing that? But we're like bullet, you know, other than solids, you'll see guys really, really work a bullet when it comes to a solid. A lot of trial and error, a lot of R&D, you know, but solids are damn expensive. So to have a jacketed bullet with this aluminum tip with a, even a 10%, people are like, oh, it's just a 10% change. Dude, in a BC, 10% is huge, okay? Number one, some of these bullets are lighter too. So if you look at the number and go, well, I'm happy with my 40 cents 140s. The 135 is going to go faster. It's got a higher BC, and it's going to be that much better. And you really can't compare like a 140. That's why a lot of times we talk about this. I shoot the 136 CNR. Because it's that little bit lighter, but it has the same BC as like a 140. Except you're not going to push a 140 as fast as you're going to push a 136. Same thought process with the Hornaday. You're not going to push a 140 as fast as a 135. That's why you get the benefit because they have bigger number in a lighter bullet. And they're looking at consistency. They're giving them into you in batches, right? So this batch and this batch. So there are these huge, huge improvements happening. And it's just we don't notice it. But we should because it's there. And this is the direction we really want to push people is bullet technology, but keeping costs down. Now, to me, 70 cents for what we're doing is not a lot. Because we're spending so much money on everything. This is that, you know, there's a saying for it, and I don't know what it is. It's like, you know, penny rich, dollar poor. I don't know what the saying is. It's but You know what I mean when I, um, there's like a saying where you're, you're kind of, you know, cutting your nose off to spite your face. You get a $7,000 AI. You got a $3,000 night force. You, you know, a $400 sperm mount. A $300 bipod. And then it's like, I want to pay 22 cents a round. And it's like, whoa, dude, that's like part of the system. We Our money needs to be kind of equal around in that where if you're higher end, you go higher end. I mean, if you got an RPR and you want to spend 22 cents, cool, do it. If you got a custom stick, this is where you're going to take advantage of all these technologies. Yeah, your RPR will see a benefit. Hand load it, do whatever, get it tuned to that rifle. You'll go to another level with, you know, a factory rifle that way. But when you're spending five to $8,000 on a custom stick, there's no point trying to shave a few cents 
and saying, well, this is 46 cents a round and this one's 70 cents a round. I'd honestly rather spend the 70 cents on what I'm doing because I want to be impressive, right? I want things to go farther, better. And, and, and here's the thing, 800 and in, even potentially a thousand yards and in, depending on the caliber, the rifle, the whole thing, you're probably not going to see a huge difference in, you know, what you're looking at. It, it, you might, I mean, depending on if you hand load it up and you get a good load and it carries out farther, you may say, yeah, my 600 yard group with this 40 cent round is a half M away, but my 600 yard group with this 70 cents is a little bit better. And it might be 10% better, but that's huge, man. That's crazy to have that. So definitely look at that. Definitely um, the, the stuff at, I'm kind of bummed. I'm, I'm doing the class this weekend and I'm not going to NRA, but there seems to be a lot more being released at NRA this year than even at SHOT. You know, I know Night Force has a bunch of new stuff coming out. I'm not going to say, but if you're going to NRA and you're looking up at that stuff, my tops are Hornaday right now in Night Force. And I know Night Force is changing something because I talked to them. They were out here last week. And I'm bummed, man. Uh, like, my, like, mind-blown, like, boo, thing that Night Force is coming out with, I don't think they're coming out with it now. And I'm totally, totally bummed over that. It's like I went and looked and, ah, man... I am I'm 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 disgusted because somebody leaked it and I'm like as soon as they said somebody leaked like the information they let certain people in the back room at shop you know there's like a back area and you'll go back there and you'll say oh okay you know this is what we're showing you but this is what's coming and there was stuff that was like wow and I'm thinking huge huge game changer so then I see the night force guys last week and I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward to your Gumis is coming out. And the Gumis is like, you know. And it's like, uh, ah, man, it might not be. It's probably not gonna because we ran into this and somebody said something and somebody bitched. And it, it, it was stepping on another product. And I don't I honestly don't know why. It, 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 and don't get me wrong. I'm fans with all sides of this situation. Look at a triangle. I'm fans of all sides of the triangle. But at the same time, I'm like, it's competition, man. You made a better mousetrap. Why are you suppressing that for, you know, like personal reasons? And I'm like, ugh. But anyway, Night Force does have a bunch of new stuff coming out. They're going to release at NRA. Cool, man. It's like some really cool stuff on the budget side and some different things. Definitely look at that. Hornaday, man. Don't just, I'm, I'm, that's all I can say and I'm pissed. Saturday or something, I'll throw it out. But, um. See how the class goes. We got the class and everything uh, happening. I'm going to end up doing, instead of doing the truant bar right off the bat, I'm going to use that 300-yard drop. I'm going to go over. I'm going to um, have everybody shoot a group at three and measure it and do the drop that way. So I'm going to change up this class. It's a nice 10-person class, perfect number. Should be money. Looking forward to it. Printed everybody's certs today. That way, if somebody fails the class, I get to rip it up. No, I don't do that. But I might. I might want to rip it. Oh, dude, you failed. Rip it up. So, anyway, uh, the, yeah, that's one of the things. And then a um, couple other things. I got a press release today from um retired major guy. I don't know if he listens or not, but 
He sent me a press release. There's actually an AR grip. And I'm not a fan of their video and the guy they got talking. Oh, he says he's a jarhead, man. He says he was a Quantico instructor. I think his technique sucks. But, um, hey, man, sorry. I'm just calling it like I see it. But uh, anyway, he's doing the three-finger standoff, but he's doing it in like a free recoil. But he made an AR grip that has a channel in the middle for your fingers. So for the fingertip standoff, they have a funny name, man. They call it the like uh, the lateral movement positional technique. I'd have to listen to it. It's like this. You could tell it's a total fucking TH thing. It's fucking stupid. But it's, a, um, you know, this... This, when you float your thumb on the other side, they came up, they invented this like horse shit and you know how to call it some weird name, you know, like acronymy thing. And it's like, dude, that's the fucking most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah, you're floating your thumb, man. We get it. But if you're going to do that position, here's the thing. I was there with the fingertip standoff. Jacob w invented it. It's Jacob's deal. Okay. Don't let any, there is, I, boom, I was there. Fuck you guys. I know where it came from. So Jacob, listen, Jacob's got like an arthritis. When he does the fingertip standoff, as much pressure as the rifle weighs, he's pushing those fingertips back into his shoulder pocket. If you look at this video that I'm referencing and stuff, and don't get me wrong, the product probably has merit. Their demonstration just sucked. So... He's doing this, this guy's doing this fingertip standoff in almost a free recoil way because he's trying not to influence the rifle laterally. And it's like, so he's just barely touching it and coming back. And this is that 80, 40, 20. The guy who fucking, you know, Jacob presented 80% of what he knew. The guy who was there and stole it, you know, understood 40% of what Jacob said. And then when he goes out there and tells everybody what he's doing, it's 20% of what Jacob started with. You know what I mean? And so we, we get this free recoil, minimal pressure, barely touching the fucking trigger. And, and you know, and it's like, okay, dude, like I said, don't get me wrong. I think the product's kind of cool. There's a little bit of merit for the guys who do the standoff tip. Not earth shattering. It's just enough to say, hey, it's an index point. I get that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about the whole justification around these techniques and the fact that guys are doing it wrong and yet claiming all this great thing yeah it does work there is merit to it it helps guys get straight back 90 degree trigger and that question came in i actually have in the podbean app i'm going to jump in the podbean app here uh let me get over here where's my podbean app see so somebody had asked me uh, where, do, 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 do. there was a question, been watching on YouTube, oh, so, uh, somebody had asked me about trigger control, uh, okay, here it is, uh, we have found to help one train's trigger finger to bend only at the 90 degree in the joint, and part of it was floating that thumb, so you're gonna index the thumb alongside your trigger finger, and then you're gonna make that 90, and that's part of indexing. It, it, and the answer for him is dry fire. You can actually look, get that 90 degree finger, but the bigger element of a 90 degree trigger finger is how is your hand placement? Because your wrist, look at your wrist in your hand. You, you may have to rotate that hand and bring when your elbow's out. And the way you rotate your hand, your wrist should be straight. 
You want Fundamental Friday? Okay, it's not Friday, it's Thursday. But I'll give you a Fundamental Friday. So that elbow to wrist to grip, your wrist wants to be straight and not bent and broken because that's where you're creating an angle. So if you have to get that 90 degree trigger finger, you want to make an adjustment in your hand position as well. It's just as much about hand position as it is about that 90 degree trigger finger. And it's dry fire, dry fire, dry fire. Even if it means lifting the rifle up, having it on your lap with the butt stock like on your, on your thigh and looking at it. And making sure you're doing it right. Make sure your, your fingernail starts and stops at 9 o'clock. Okay, that's what you're looking to do. And so this grip is trying to get you to index straight back and push back into it. But you have to push back into the shoulder pocket. You can't let the rifle get a running start. That technique won't work. The way he shows in that video won't work with a Magnum. It's going to come right out of his hands just like in the Magpul video. Okay, I mean, I could break this stuff down. I wish I could like show you a video in it and go this 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 and this is wrong because that's what's happening and and unfortunately we're a lot of monkey see monkey do we see this crap and just repeat because you don't have a context of where it came from why it came from and what it's talking about you just see a picture and you go okay i'm gonna do it like that because that guy I, I like i'm cool with him he's got a pedigree i like i'm gonna do it he just did. Yeah, man, that doesn't mean the guy's right. And, and unfortunately, in this case, he's not. And it just looks bad in my mind, you know? And so, yeah, the grip is cool. The grip's got merit. There, there's no issues. But the demonstration, not a fan, man. Not a fan. I, you know, it, it's one of those things where it's like I want to go on the hog board, the USMC thing, and be like, dude, is this guy really a Quantico instructor? If he was, when? Because it must have been in the very beginning of the A-first crap that showed up for the Marine Corps. It had to be back in the in the early days because it has refined a little bit over the time where people go, yeah, that doesn't work. I'll do it like this a little harder and now it works. You know, but you got to have rearward pressure equal to the amount of weight of the rifle back into the shoulder pocket. Can't give it a running start. That's when it bitch slaps people. That's when they double. That's why, because this is talking in a semi-auto, okay? This was all 90-degree trigger, semi-auto, the whole thing. This is, if you look at his grip and his technique in this video they sent me, that's why guys with the freaking semi-auto go pop up, pop up, because they got such a light-ass grip. The recoil pushes the trigger back into their finger, and they double tap. Pop up. If you have a guy with a 308 semi-auto or something in that 308, usually it's not a mouse gun. The, the 5.56 recoil too light, so it's usually the bigger calibers. Pop up. Fucking getting bitch slapped by a 308 because they don't have any grip. And that's what'll happen. It'll jump back into your finger. It'll fire. It'll fuck up. And it won't work. So that's something to look at with this kind of stuff and why we're talking the techniques and goes right into the trigger control stuff. Um, another question that came up, and, and again, though, I don't have all the stuff with NRA, the little bit that I have. Uh, Desert Tech is working with the HTI. I'm going to be finishing up that video. The, I really think the Desert Techs shine in the HTI. Okay? To be a fan of all these different things. Man, I like the AIs. I like the KDEX chassis. I like this. I like that. 
in the HTI, the, the 338 up. It's 375, 416, 50 cal. The HTI on the Desert Tech shines. They're accurate. They work as advertised. They're not as expensive. They get you into the game quick. They have factory ammo for their rifles. So you can get started in the ELR stuff. Um, congrats to Paul Phillips. Came in second in the uh, French, France. King of two miles, French, right? They just shot a king of two miles over in France. And Paul Phillips was there with, with his team. And we've interviewed Paul on here to, uh, a couple times now. And he came in second place. Congrats to Bruno, the winner from, from there. Uh, I don't remember what, if he, what country he was from, if it was French or Italian. Or a lot of Italians there and stuff like that. But congrats to everybody at the French King of Two Mile. But talking ELR stuff, um, you know, that's coming. I dig what Desert Tech's doing, and, and we're gonna have a, they're going to have like an announcement and a release around May 6th or so because I'm finishing up the little piece of video. But I will tell you, like Jeremy at the Gunsight class, his Desert Tech was on fire, was fantastic. He was hammering. He shot some of the best groups there. The whole thing was just working really, really well for him. And, and, and it, it's a, it goes back to it's, it's an underrated system. And I really think that the Desert Tech stuff is doing well. Now, to segue into the ELR stuff, so I was talking with Nukon Optics. I finished up with the reviews and everything and, and doing that with the uh, Spotter Pro LF and the 3500 um, LRM. Okay, these, and I'm looking at them, and I'm looking at all their stuff, and I'm, I mean, great, the fast, accurate, good lasers, you know, and then, you know, guys are looking at the price point, and they go, well, this this, this LRF Pro is 7500 bucks. It's like, yeah, okay. So it's a completely, you know, self-contained spotter and laser with a good laser in it. Like the, Jeremy got 4,500 meters out of that LRF, seven grand. Now, if you want a 25 Charlie, that's nine grand. This gives you a spotter with that and a laser that's pretty much on par with that same thing. So, you know, there's cost. So guys are looking at these costs. The 3500M that I had was a $5,600 laser that goes to 3,500 meters, okay? So there's a lot of sticker shock happening. And with ELR, there is. I mean, you're paying about a buck a meter. You know, the Nukon, when I, I'm looking at the numbers, I'm looking at, I'm back and forth. Because I, I had a conference call with the main guys at, at Nukon and everything, and I wanted to talk to them. And I'm consulting, like, in a way. Hey, here's this, what we're seeing. This is the feedback I'm getting. This is what's going on. I'm, I'm market research, you know. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so Vectronics charges you about a buck a meter. Nukon's anywhere from 75 to 50 cents per meter, depending on the unit and the features. The Bluetooth the stuff and the app for the Nukon stuff. If you have a Bluetooth Nukon or the cable, you can use the app and the app will set up and do everything. It's like the Vectronics. And I'm like, okay, dude, the app's out in the Google Play Store. Android only right now. It, it, it's there. It's free. You can download it. And, and it's just to, to run and drive the device, which is cool because it's better than going through the menus. The menus are a pain in the neck in any spotter like that where you got to go through the different button pushes. It's so much easier to link up with a Bluetooth 
to go to your phone and go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, boom, and then it'd be ready and you're good, okay? So I really dig that. So I'm talking to him, I'm talking to him like, yeah, you know, you want me to talk about this and you want me to promote and all that, but man, you know, we're at the high end of things in 5,600 bucks and 7,500 bucks. Now the non-pro, the 905 laser is like just over five grand or, or four grand rather, it's five grand. It's like 49.99. So if you're looking at like a Vectronix and a Swarovski spotter and you put the two together, and kind of the rig you see me use every day. If you look at any pictures of my rig, it's that Swarovski spotter. It's the it's the Vectronix laser. They're paired together. I got them on the uh, the the tray and the whole thing, and they're running side by side. Well, that's a, just a little over five grand, right? Right around there, taxes, shipping, the whole thing. You're at five grand. So the the 905 version, self-contained, is the same money. Okay. Yeah, it's a different spec. You're not getting a Sharofsky level spotter, but you're getting a good working spotter, a good working laser in the whole thing. So I'm going on and I'm talking to him and talking to him. I'm like, really? We need to come in with a price point. And then they tell me, well, we have all these other ones. And I ended up having to go onto like Euro Optics website because Euro has the, the catalog there that you can look at and see and play with the prices. And I said, you know, we need an easier way, but Euro's fine. We'll, we'll use that. So then I go, look, their 2200 meter laser is 800 bucks. And it's like, holy cow, man. Like, they can go beyond. And then I'm looking at their binos. They got binos that go to like three grand that are anywhere from 2700 down to $1,300 in binos. And I'm like, well, these are good units, and I really should be playing in this price bucket. Remember, I talked price buckets instead of the big bucket. The the seventy five hundred dollar bucket is great. I love it, man. It's it's like, yeah, you're using all the Gucci gear, man. I got Louis Vuitton here in the house, but nah. And instead, it's like, okay, do we need that? Maybe I'll get Coach. And it's like, I got Coach stuff, you know, for all the girls out there. I'm talking to you women, to the ladies. Speaking to the ladies out there, talking coach, talking this. So anyway, so they have them. They just don't talk about them. And it's like, well, I need to talk about these. I need to look at these lower. I mean, they have a 1,500 meter laser for like 300 bucks. And these are meter, 1,500 meter. And I will tell you, Nucon's lasers, redesigned, new user interfaces, really good. They don't look like... Cold War mil spec stuff anymore. You know, they don't look like they came off of a steampunk thing. They they look like everybody else now. And and that's great because they still have really powerful internals. Their 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 engines are solid. So whatever you see advertised by them, you don't cut in half. The bitch with lasers and commercial units especially is they advertise a thousand yards. You're lucky to get 500 in bright sunlight, you know. And, and and we talked about that sunlight factor. As soon as you start putting sunlight in front of you, you're cutting that laser's capabilities down drastically. And in the commercial lasers, because they're not paying, you know, you're you're looking at, uh, and I don't know their numbers. They're telling me I can buy those friggin' commercial lasers, um, you, you know, OEM for like 50 bucks a unit. And that's why you say it's advertises uh, 
a thousand yards and you're lucky to get 500. Well, these are more mil spec type lasers and they're, they're, they're ramped up. They're, they're super Chevys in there. You know what I mean? And so you're getting 1500 meter for 300. You're getting 2200 meter for 800. You know, you're, you're getting 3000 meter for 1300. And that's really, really important to be talking about and to be pushing out there because it's hard to sell or talk to people about lasers because they know two things. They know what it was a 905, a 1550. What's the, the nanometer on the laser? You'll get that. And then you'll get beam divergence. What's the beam divergence? Because that's where you start hitting things and, and the beam's too wide and it's collecting all kinds of you know, external things, branches and trees and things. And that's where the gates come in because the new cons have the gate. You can say... I got an opening in a tree line, and we did this in Colville, right, where the lasers were only getting the 730-yard tree line and not the 1,330-yard target because the beam divergence can't get through the hole. That's where that size, right? Well, the Nucons in the, in the Vectronics all go through because their beam divergence is smaller. But when you go into the commercial units, it, they don't even really tell you what they are because they're huge. And that's why they don't do well. They're, they're, they're spreading and, and thinning out too soon because they're wide. You know what I mean? So you don't have a tight beam that's hitting things far. And it's harder to get the target. That's why we talk about learning where it aims, right? When you're taking those big donuts without the etched reticles in some of the commercial unit and you've got a giant donut that's as big as like three targets across, you have to actually look and find where it's aiming within that circle because it's never in the middle. It, it's 1 o'clock, 8 o'clock. You know, it's somewhere in that, and you have to almost know to say, put 1 o'clock of the circle of the orange little LED on the target. That'll hit it because if you just put the target in the middle, you're going to go over that right shoulder and miss it. Okay, so that's part of why we talk beam divergence. We talk the type of laser. And the Nucon specs are huge, man. They're, they're really good. So I'm trying to work with them to promote these mid-range lasers they have with over 2,000 meter capability. And he's straight up, man. He, you know, like Alec over there is like, hey, man, this is 2,200 meters on a NATO target. Yeah, it's 800 bucks. A NATO target is a two-meter plate, Okay. The thing is $800 and you're telling me it's, and, and their numbers are solid. It's great to um, 2,200 meter. That's huge, man, because everything inside is going to be that much easier. When you're trying to hit an animal, when you're trying to get something smaller, the tighter beam divergence closer makes it easier to get those faster. One button push and you got it. It's not like, is that the right number? Is that the right number? Is that the right number? You know, where you're hitting four corners of the target. To make sure you, you you get that same number back every time versus this corner you get one number that corner you get another number that corner you get a, a good number that corner you get a bad number well what's going on there is like i said the beam divergence is catching other things or missing the plate and you're not getting the number you want so you'll hit the four corners and you'll have three different numbers that's what we're trying to avoid with the better lasers so Definitely take a look at the Nucon Optics. I've had a lot of you guys reach out and, and call me about it. 
Not one person I've turned on to it has complained, and there's even some real-world reviews on Sniper's Hide about the uh, Nukon optic lasers and stuff, and the guys are using the ones that I, were, I was using. So uh, definitely look at that. I'm sending all that stuff back right now. Going to box it up, do the final video piece, and then I'm going to go with these mid-range ones. So we'll be talking more about the mid-range. But um, good on Hornaday, man, for, for doing bullets and coming out with another thing. Some people were comparing them to the Alcors, right? The Alcos, because uh, they're an aluminum-tipped solid almost that people like to get because they're a lower-cost solid. I've never shot an Alco. Uh, you know, I've only shot the Warners, the Cutting Edges, and, the, and you know, the Steve Damrons, the Dynamic Precisions, and stuff like that. So um, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Hornaday stuff. I, I'm, a, I'm a Hornaday fan. I like what they do. I like how they do it. I like them as a company. So definitely be looking at that and shot. And then we'll get to talk about some more stuff that's released at shot. Those are kind of two veins that I know, vein, um, two veins that I know uh, that are happening and, and there'll be more, I'm sure. But yeah, it's turning out that sh uh, NRA is becoming a bigger release party now than SHOT Show. To me, SHOT Show is flat and it looks like NRA is going to probably be pretty good for you guys that are going. And the nice thing, and I think part of the, the mindset is you can go, you know what I mean, with the annual meeting and stuff like that, where SHOT Show restricts it to so many people uh, that are only like the industry insiders and stuff. So anyway, um, that's that's where we are with that. That's where we are with the Hornaday. Like I said, I got the class going out. Mike, Mike did a nice little range card for us here. We're going to have everybody do it. We always run into, we have so many targets and people show up at our range and don't really know what's what. So we're going to have them build some range cards. So Mike did a sheet for everybody, a worksheet. We're starting to get into the homework worksheet kind of, you know, I got the ballistic calculator worksheet that I did with Impact Data uh, Books. We got this uh, range card worksheet that we're doing with um, Mike, you know, that he built one. We got all these little things. We'll do the drop test. Here's your inches. Go home and figure it out. You know, so we're giving guys the, 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 it's a class, man. It's not show up, shoot, get a tip, go home. It's show up, get a lesson, get a class, go out, execute practical application, get a new lesson, a new class. Okay, we're going to do this. The win lesson. Okay, we're going to do this. The, you know, the, the ballistic calculator lesson. Okay, we're going to do this. Now take these numbers and crunch them and here's what you got. So, you know, this is not a case of where you go, you come out, we all hang out, you shoot, I give you win calls, I fix everything for you, then you walk up to me and say, my drop at 800 was this, how do I get my calculator to work? I say, hand me your calculator, and I go in and go, Brrr. here you go, it's good, and you have no clue what I did. Instead, it's like, okay, here's the raw data, here's how you turn that raw data into actionable information. Boom, boom, boom. Now you understand when you leave, you can do it on your own because you don't have Frank in your backpack you can pull out and, and, and do that. Oh, it's funny. Uh, I was doing a thing. We were doing Clint Smith stuff. Uh, um, so we had done a whole bunch of stuff with Clint Smith at Thunder Ranch when he moved to Oregon and we did the HRT, the heart class. I think one of the first ones, Jacob went up and helped him set him up and then we went and did a couple others to get the ball rolling in the precision rifle high angle art thing and there was an army kid i think he was a national guard kid but he had an m110 we got him all set up at the time and there's actually a video it's like thunder ranch extreme the conditions were crappy as hell 
and um, you know, snow, sleet, nasty, you're up on the mountain the whole time. But uh, so I was spotting and calling for this kid, and the kid's whacking targets wholesale, whacking wholesale. I need a shirt that says that. Gotta whack them wholesale. So um, we're doing that, and then Clint says to this kid, he's like, "Hey man, you gotta, you know, now you gotta learn to do it on your own, or you gotta put Frank in your and Ruck and take him with you." You know, you got to put them in your pack and, and pull out your little Frank doll and be like, hey, what's my wind call? Oh, here it is. So uh, that's something to look at. But no, no, all good stuff. Also, too, if you want to dig deep, not that I'm much into promoting other people's things like that. For the prime RUAG kind of breakdown, they had like a lawyer on Recoil Web um, do an article, RUAG versus prime. And in the RUAG versus prime article, they Bullet everything in chronological order. The date this happened versus this. And they got info from Jim. Jim was forthcoming with a lot of his correspondence. Ruag just sat on their position. Uh, you know, we don't like it. We're suing. End of story. But this guy chronologically puts it in order of, you know, like the handshake agreement, the finalized, the this, the that, and, and it's all... So you can then start looking at this and make your own decision. I will say Jim going public did really well for him because it's going to allow him more, excuse me, more movement. I Man, I had the worst breakfast ever. I'm going to allow him more movement. Um, people are really responding, and, and I think you'll see Prime come out of this. Even if it doesn't work out well on the RUAG side, I think Prime as a whole is going to come out well. Uh, just what Jim's telling me from the people who reached out to him based on his video, the podcast, and the different stuff that a lot of people reached out to him. And it, it, it's looking pretty darn good um, as far as the future. And better for us, you know, he'll, he'll more than likely diversify his base. He's already got traction in that direction. And so now it's just whether or not, you know, where, where the dollars and cents fall on the RUAG side of things. I mean, it sucks. I like the I like the the product from Ruag. I think it's good. But um, if you want to read it, it's Recoil Web Online. It's Ruag versus Prime, and it's 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 a it's a wonky article, but it gives you a little bit more context and background. And it talks about the fact that their suit and the counter suit are so wildly at odds with each other, you know, because it's that it's it's a total he said she said. And yet there is paperwork to back thing up, but paperwork stalled. And so it's like, yeah, okay, let's modify. Yeah, okay, I'm good there, but not 100%. Yeah, this sounds great to me. Uh, no, we're not using any of it, and we didn't sign it the way you said. And so there's some weird kind of timing, and, you know, it's it's the whole, did, did they sign Donald Trump's name or did they sign his pseudonym, you know, with, with the... With the um, Stormy Daniels stuff, you know. Oh, it's not his name; it's the other guy. It's the fake name, so it's that kind of thing. But I don't know. I'm I'm not going to get into it. But uh, there's a couple things that way. Um, the APO rifles are shipping, so you guys are starting to see. We got some people with the handguards. They don't get the handguard. There's an M lock on the bottom, but then at the front there's the gap for a Harris. So there's a stud. And everybody's like, well, how do I do anything? The M-lock doesn't go all the way to the end. Yeah, there's a bunch of options you can do. Like, guys are putting the 419 rail on it for really right stuff. And you can put the, the far end screw 
through to the stud and then the rest are M-Lock. I think, and I'm not 100% sure, if you get like a Seekins M-Lock rail, the 13 slot, you can put the two in the back and then the third one in the front, you would line up with the uh, threaded screw for the um, sling stud. So you unscrew the stud, put your M-Lock on it, and then you can put the stud kind of screw back through but then you M lock behind it and there's one lug in that. So it'll be in the back. You put the lug in the back. It should work out. No problem. But he was asking about an elite iron revolution and they do make an extender rail for that revolution. So you, if you just went straight M lock and skip that stud hole, you still should be able to reach it with a revolution bipod, um, with the extension, the pick rail extension arm, uh, from elite iron. But uh, guys are asking, and they're starting to ship, and we posted some pictures. The um, They look gorgeous, man. They look really nice for a, a, a low-cost rifle. And there's flexibility out there, man. Look at the products, aftermarket products. If it's not set up 100% perfect for you, you can adjust. You can get, I mean, the Seekins rail right now I saw on sale, 28 bucks. okay? You're going to put a $28 rail to replace that part, and you're good. Or you could do the 419 like the other guy. You could do the Dan Hansen hard gear like in, in M-Lock and line up the screws. You know what I mean? There's flexibility in a lot of those rails, especially the, the Swiss, the really right stuff dovetail rails, the Arca Swiss ones. So um, speaking of, I'm going to segue again. Crazy around. Um, I found a local Colorado tripod company that's making a tripod that's supposed to compete with really right stuff. Titanium and carbon fiber. It's $2.99. I wrote them, I like wrote them on Facebook because I can't find where they are. They're like in Denver. Okay, it's Colorado Tripod Company. And it says Lakewood Camera Shop. And I think I know where the Lakewood Camera Shop is. I think it's on Kipling. So I wrote them on Facebook and said, hey, where are you located? And they like wrote me back and wrote Denver. I'm like, yeah, dude, I get that. I want to come to your shop and look at one of your tripods. And for $2.99, buy one and try it. It would be a great low-cost option for people. And I haven't heard back to, for them to tell me where the hell they're located yet so I can come by. And I may not be able to come by. They may not want me in their shop. But um, it's cool. Carbon fiber, they're, they're comparing it with the Gitso, the really right stuff, the Enduro. They're comparing it with high dollar tripods like they're like 10 percent of the cost of some of these tripods and i'm like all right it looks good i mean and it does look unique it looks nice it's got titanium components there's a lot of really good shit to it but i gotta get there to see it you know so anyway uh working on that and in going through but that's that's a whole bunch for like i said for you guys the nra man make sure you come on the high and drop us some nuggets if you see something let us know what we can hook up, get talk about it, and and we'll go from there. But I want to get this podcast out. Sorry for the, the, the minor delay. I was going to do it yesterday, but just running around. I ran out to the range. I shot a quick video. One of the guys came out to the range. There's the high-power shooters. I think we've mentioned this. So our range was originally built by a guys out of Sea Springs that shoot service rifle. So they had those berms and the way the, the, the target stands are. And we, we really got to get a working party out there to clean up some stuff. But um, it, 
what it is is there's these stand these frames that come up and they're NRA style frames. They're on an I beam behind the berm and they lift up. So if you watch my video, behind any of those berms you see, there's an I beam frame, and you'll lift up and there's a target board back there and they'll put their service rifle NRA target up and shoot and practice. Well, the guy showed up yesterday and I filmed this quick little video that I did and then went home and, and was doing a bunch of crap, which is why I didn't get to this. Um, he had a Silver Mountain electronic target, which is kind of like the Canadian one-shot target or uh, whatever the shot. I, I have it, too, and I don't even know what the hell it's called. I haven't set it up yet. But it's the same thing we used at Gunsight. Well, Silver Mountain has this one. It's $850. You build a frame, and that's the thing, man. I'm just not... Not a woodworking guy. I need a woodworker. I got to hire somebody to freaking build me uh, new barricades the way I want them. I need a roof simulator. And then I need um, this friggin', uh I, I need some frame stuff done for these electronic targets I have. So this guy's this Silver Mountain one. And the frame he brought was elaborate. But the system looked like it wasn't too bad. You know, pretty simple, but it's 850 bucks. It's electronics. Now, I don't know on the software side if it does stuff like muzzle velocity and things like that. You want to get the ones that will give you a muzzle velocity too because that's going to be how you can true your BC, right? But um, I did see the Silver Mountain frame or electronic targets, Silver Mountain targets, and they're doing a, a rig and a system too, I read on the site, that they're going to daisy chain and have multiple and it'd be like a $650 option to link multiple units up so you can do more than one I, you know and they and they make it so you can adjust you could do this it'll give you group size where did you hit and it's basically designed so you don't have to go down range to look at your target it works off your phone and i think he's limited on his range right now but it's not a bad option. It's got this double mic set up, and, and they just stand off the target. You, the, the biggest thing I saw was the guy built a crazy elaborate frame when he came out to the range. But uh, alrighty, man, that's what's going on in, 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 the, in the everyday sniper world. I'll be seeing Mike tomorrow uh, doing classes uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Looking forward to everybody there. We'll be talking to you as soon as we can. And, uh, you know, you get your questions, your comments, all your Podbean stuff. Let us know what's going on with NRA since we won't be there. Go see the Hornaday guys. Go see the uh, Night Force guys, uh, Kestrel guys. Go see a bunch of people, man. They'll, they'll, they'll all be there doing some really good stuff at uh, NRA. It, like I said, it's going to be a bigger release party. So I think for those who, who aren't thinking too much about it right now, it's looking to be more so for us at NRA than it was at SHOT Show with new products and things like that. Alrighty, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the Everyday Sniper. Enjoy. Enjoy.